in today's show. Let's look back at all of the action from Tuesday. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. This episode of Locked On Fantasy Basketball is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions that you don't want and need and can even negotiate better deals on those that you want to keep. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We've got five games to talk about today. We'll talk about those games as well as some other news. Did a big injury and COVID report show earlier in the day, so you can go check out some news there. But let's talk about some other things that have happened. Um, There was a trade that went down in the NBA, Mia One was traded from the uh, Jazz to the Thunder, uh, along with a second round pick, and he was subsequently waived in order to take on Oni, so they could waive him. Uh, we had to say goodbye to Gabrielle Deck. I could barely recognize my own dick. So Deck is waived. He, that's the, that's going to be the last time we hear that soundbite, I reckon. See you later, Gabrielle Deck. Mia Oni might catch on somewhere else, but these have no fantasy relevance whatsoever, but this does. Damien Lillard, um, out again tomorrow. And there's going to be a meeting apparently in the next day or two between you know, the top guys in Portland, coaches, front office staff, Lillard, and decide what they need to do, whether that includes shutting him down for an extended period to sort out this abdominal issue. I may have said something of the sort 10 weeks ago, um, but here we are. The Blazers are shit. Lillard's ab issue isn't getting any better. And because they're shit, and because it isn't getting any better, I think the chances of Lillard's season ending early are pretty high. I don't know that at all. I just know what I was told weeks ago. I don't know what has transpired is basically exactly what I said weeks ago. And we're just waiting to get to the final stage of that at the moment. It's not great news, obviously, for NBA fans, Blazers fans, people who have Damian Lillard. Make sure you grab Anthony Simons. And we, look, Simons is not going to be good all the time. He had a great game yesterday and has been shit in nearly every other game. But he is the guy to add. And then if he gets hurt, Dennis Smith becomes an absolute must add. Um, but this is not great for Lillard. Even if it doesn't end his season, I wouldn't be surprised if we get two weeks off and see what happens. And then it could be that, well, in two weeks, it hasn't improved again after a rest and then a quarter zone shot and now another rest. It might be it for him. We will see. It is terribly bad news. Larry Nance Jr. is doubtful for tomorrow. He received an inconclusive COVID test, so he's doubtful. So he's not ruled out. If he gets two negative tests before tomorrow's game, he will play. But without him, it boosts the value, obviously, of Yusuf Nurkic, Nasir Little, and Bob Covington. So Little and Covington get that boost to become obvious 12-team league guys if Nance does happen to be out. And then the Jazz have listed everyone on the injury report. Jordan Clarkson and Donovan Mitchell are probable, while Royce O'Neal... Um, Rudy Gobert and Boyan Bogdanovich are all questionable. Injuries out of nowhere, maybe not so much the Mitchell one. Interestingly, he's probable. But tying that in along with Ingles being out um, with COVID, 
makes me think that there is a rest day coming up for the Jazz players. Hassan Whiteside also questionable, but you might be looking to stream in a Whiteside. You might stream in a deeper league Jared Butler. You might stream in a Trent Forrest. You might look to stream in a Rudy Gay. It might blow up in your face because these blokes may not sit. But the fact that they're all listed on the same day, when Ingles goes out as well, is a little iffy to me. We'll see where that, uh, which direction that ends up going. Let's talk about the top ads in fantasy over the last 24 hours. We start in Sacramento, Damian Jones up 35%, and now Chemezi Metu has entered COVID protocols, along with Rashawn Holmes, and Jones is an ad until Holmes comes back. Simple as that. Simon's up 27%. Yep, great ad. Brandon Clark up 26. Three more games for the Grizzlies this week, and he looks pretty good. There are absences there, and there's no guarantee he remains a 12-team must-roster player. In fact, he probably doesn't. But for now, yes, he's a good ad. Justin Holiday, shit game from him today, but worth adding with um, Brogdon and Levert and Duarte out at least another one more game. Obi Toppin, well, we didn't know that Julius Randle was coming back. He came back, so Toppin can get Jack Armstrong all the way out of here. Get that garbage out of here! Maxi Kleber, good uh, add with Porzingis out. Um, Jalen Smith, at least until Aiton comes back, which literally might be next game. Smith's valuable, um, but it's only just a short-term stream. Ivan Fournier, why? Why was the disease scrotum added in 11% of leagues? I guess because to stream today, but you can drop him. Uh, Terrence Ross, that's a good ad. And Caleb Barton with Jimmy Butler out tomorrow, that is a good ad as well. We go to the top players who have been dropped. Isaac Okoro, down 13%. Absolutely. Kemba Walker, down 12%. Hello. Goodbye. Caldwell Pope, down 11%. No problem with that. Thibel, down 11%. No worries. Mason Plumley and Jalen McDaniels. Yep, drop those guys in 12-team leagues, I think. Paddy Mills. Surprised to see that many people dropping Paddy Mills. I do believe Paddy Mills will become a drop. Um, and Kyrie is back tomorrow, but it's only for one game. So I'm not sure that he's a must-drop. Kyle Anderson in COVID, drop him. Eric Gordon, down 8%. I'd probably hold there. And Peyton Pritchard, down 8%. Uh, I think that's a pretty solid drop as well. But if you want to jump in and drop some of the subscriptions that you've got or some of the ones you don't even know that you've got, why don't you find out about which ones they are at Truebill. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions that you don't need, that you don't want, and the ones that you simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 redos a year with Truebill. And because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and has helped them save over 100 million bucks. So don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, let's go on to games. Yeah, first game. The San Antonio Spurs went to Toronto and they got pounded. Pretty, pretty hard, in fact. Giggity. They've struggled a lot without DeJounte Murray. 129-104. Murray could return as early as tomorrow. It wasn't the greatest Derek White night, but it wasn't great for anybody. 22 minutes only for White. 12-4-2, two steals and a block. He's still top 50 over the last two weeks. Um, but yeah, they just pulled the starters really early here. We got 28 minutes out of Divin Vassell, and McDermott and Walker are still out. Vassell is a 12-team league player. We're starting to see it now. Now, what Popovich does moving forward, I don't know. But 15 points and three threes is good. While Pirtle, the buy-low bump, there it is. 19, 12, and 4. Unfortunately, the free throws are an uh, absolute disaster. 20% on five attempts kills you. 
but good otherwise counting stats. He only played the 23 minutes. Well, Joshi Primo, impressed with him. 28 minutes, 15, 5, and 4, two threes and two blocks. Now, it is a hard path for him to get enough minutes to matter in fantasy. We're going to need a couple of injuries for that to take place. But I can see him establishing at least a regular rotation role. If the Spurs make any, or if they ever made in-season deals, I would say Lonnie Walker would be out of there. But they don't, so he's not. And Primo is going to just sit on the sidelines. Next season, when Walker is likely out of there and Bryn Forbes isn't back, I think Primo will have a regular rotation role. And a really good uh, good performance from him. Calden Johnson, man. Um, Popovich said it best. What are your thoughts on Calden Johnson? He's not playing well. Yeah, I know. 6-4-4, and 23% shooting. He is undoubtedly better than this, but that does not mean that you have to hold on to him in 12-team leagues. I know literally everybody disagrees with me on this because I look at the roster percentage and he's rostered in every single league. He should not be. He should not be. Points leagues, I get holding. In category leagues, he has historically been a bad category league player. Nothing's changing. He's got the opportunity. He's a much worse prospect than Devin Vassell. He's not that good. And he is, he's in a Nadir for sure. Like, he'll improve from here. But he is not a guy that is a must-hold player. Trey Jones started, 5 points, 4 assists, but yeah, not, not great. Not a great game in general for the Spurs. On to the Raptors, though. How about old Frederick Van Vliet? I think I had him at about 14 or 15 preseason. And people were so off in him now. Can't take him, the field goal percentage. And that is why you punt field goal percentage. 33.7 triple, seven assists and two steals. Big percentage, 52 fantasy points. Over the last two weeks, he's the number four ranked player. He's 11 for the season. I'd say sell high, but no, don't. Like, actually don't. Because he. no one's giving you first round value for Van Vliet. No reason he can't be a first round player. He is this good. He is their best player, I think. I remember having an argument, debate with Sean Woodley in the preseason show. And he said, no, nah, it's clearly Siakam. Eh, I'm not so sure. I reckon it might be Fred. I feel more confident in saying it's Fred now. Scotland Barnes, only 11 points and only seven shots. I think low usage is going to be a persistent problem for Barnes with this lineup intact. But that doesn't matter when you get nine rebounds, eight assists, one steal and one block. It's the anti-Keldon Johnson. They're good numbers there from Barnsley. Although, again, he has started to drop off a little bit from that hot streak of being a top 25 player. And that is why you sold high, if you could. Still got value. Sell high does not mean, and I see this confused all the time. And I know I talk about it a lot. Like, oh, this guy, I saw a thread on Reddit today about Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday, over the last month, is the third-ranked player. Should we sell high or should we hold? Like, if you can sell high to get top 10 value, you 100% do it. You don't have, oh, now he's playing well, I hold. Guys, if you get that value back, which is clearly unsustainable, you do it. If not, you hold. It's the most simplest equation, yet so many people don't understand that. Um, Gary Trent, good bounce back from Gaza. Nice, Gary! Now, zero rebounds is weird, but 21 points on 50% shooting with two steals, three threes. Again, someone wanted to drop him after last game. It was foul trouble. He's back in business. Siakam, 18, 12, and 5, while the Jedi, OG, and Anobi. But what about Scarf? OG, stop OG. Uh, you better stop OG. Eh, his shooting is real rough. I think he's a bit of a buy low. 14 and 7, two threes, two steals, three assists, while um, the wiki Chris Boucher, 19 minutes, the big sneeze, Precious Achua, 19 minutes, and guess how many minutes Ken Birch played? 19. This is the problem with Boucher. Now, he still had two steals and two blocks. All right, but if you're getting 19 minutes a night, I, I don't want you on a 12-team roster. And this is how the roster's going to look. They play, they're basically their bench rotation is three centers. I don't know how they're doing it, but they're 
that's what they're doing. And you got some minutes there for Champagne. Um, you got Delano Banton playing six minutes. That's just garbage minutes for Banton and Bonga and Flynn. And obviously, Mihailuk will get some of that playing time. But this is... It's not a great distribution of minutes for Boucher to have any sort of must roster ability for the rest of the season. This next game was an absolute cracker, I thought, between two really fun young teams, the Memphis Grizzlies and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Memphis wins at 110-106. Ja Morant, 26-5-6, two steals and two blocks. Inefficient from the field, but high usage, great from the free throw line. Just still didn't hit any threes, but when he's bringing defense like that, it's excellent. He is now the 20 or 17th ranked player this year, taking gigantic steps forward that I did not expect him to do. He's been excellent. Des Bain, only 11 points, but the, one of the things, one of the criticisms I had with Bain and why he was so high to me was what he was doing was so dependent on high volume scoring with high level efficiency. He can be an efficient sc scorer, no problem. But my problem is that when the shots dropped off, could he bring anything else? Well, he did it in this game. He only took 10 shots, only scored 11 points. That's a bad night for Bain. But when he gets seven assists, one steal, and two blocks, that's great. Now, of course, I have zero faith in that shit continuing, but it was good. Jaron Jackson, 22 points with not much else. And Brandon Clark, three blocks, 60%, 13 to 9 in 25 minutes. Clarky does have some 12-team league value for now. Tyus Jones played 25 and had 12 points, while Killian Tilly started once more and had five points. Since starting, his value has dropped, which is pretty weird. While Jarrett Culver didn't get the 30 minutes of last game, and he remains one of the worst top 10 draft picks in recent memory. Onto the Cavs, they got a bunch of players back, which is, well, actually by a bunch, I mean they got the one who's really important back, and that is Darius Garland. 36 minutes in his first game back, 27-4 and 10. He looked a bit rooted at the end, to be fair, but that is great. 26 shots, 35% not great, but 46 fantasy points, and just getting him out there is a win. Evan Mobley, 17-8, and while Jarrett Allen, 22-12 and 12 with one steal and three blocks. I have done my December award show. Actually, I haven't recorded it. I've done all the awards. I wonder who you think for the Cavs, how many Cavs and who makes it into my All-Star team, if any. Hmm. Larry Markkinen, 36 minutes. Better game from Larry, 13-6-5. He had some early foul troubles as well. He is he's a soft, soft hold for 12-team leagues, not must roster. While Kevin Love, 18-10. and 10. Unfortunately, after being unbelievable, shooting nearly all season, he didn't hit the shots at that same rate. Um, again, this is when I, what I mean when I say Kevin Love's not sell high because he's shooting 50% from three. This is why, because it's impossible to keep that up. And saying someone's a sell high doesn't mean they need to be dropped. 18 and 10 is still good, but 33% from the field and 67 from the line hurts the overall production. They started Lamar Stevens. He had one point. They closed with Brandon Goodwin. He had two points. There is huge minutes available there for Chetty Osman when he, when he gets back. And I think that he has to get those minutes over Rondo. Rondo is going to play maybe next game. But again, he is to me just like a 16-team league guy or a pinch stream option. I'm going to start using that more. A pinch hit stream option when you need assists. That's who he is to me. Not a must roster. 12-team league player. I just, I could be wrong. I just cannot see that happening at all. But what I can see happening is me jamming Bilt Bars straight into my cake hole. Because Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar. Forget candy bars. They're banned at this house. You come to this house with a candy bar, the, the door gets slammed right in your face. Jack Armstrong just pipes up and says, get that garbage out of here because I don't want sugary treats. I want delicious protein bars. They are high in taste and high in calories, but low in fat, low in sugar, low in carbs, and low in calories. And you can get it for 15% off. Try the full range of flavors of Built Bar at Built.com. And if you use our code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, you can save 15% off of Built Bar. 
Built Bar is amazing. It is fantastic. It tastes great. If you don't believe me, just try them. Just try them. They are bloody good. Built Bar, built different. BetOnline is the number one spot for all your odds, for your props, lines, as football season comes to a close. The playoffs are very, very close. Getting ready for the playoffs here in this house. Unfortunately, the Dolphins won't be a part of that. But that's fine, because I can still place bets at Bet Online, the number one spot for all sports action this season. So head to the website, or use your mobile device to sign up today and get a welcome deposit bonus of 50% if you use our code LOCKEDON. From basketball to football, the NHL, boxing, UFC, or right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the fantastic offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline is where the game starts. The Pacers and the Knicks. The Knicks win 104-94. Good win from the Knicks. Let's talk about the Pacers. They were without Brogdon, Levert, Duarte. Those guys are going to be out again tomorrow. So Kiefer Sykes, great stream if you've got room. 38 minutes, 22-4-6. Sexy stuff. Dwayne Washington, 37 minutes, 17-2-4. High volume, but he's going to get high volume again tomorrow. Sexy stuff. DeMontis Sabonis, how do you take nine shots, admittedly 12 free throws, but nine shots when you're got Sykes and Washington there. He's been so up and down this year, Sabonis, 116th over the last two weeks, and that's 42% on the line in this game. No steals, no blocks, no threes, 15, 8, and 4. What a up and down season. I don't know how best to describe it otherwise. Justin Holiday was shocking in this game. Um, three points in 20 minutes on one of seven shooting. He is still at least a short-term stream for Wednesday, and that's it. While Miles Turner had five points with two blocks, a rough night there. For him, I saw some Pacers guy tweet out today that it's obvious to him that Lance Stevenson should be the starting point guard going forward. And I could not have laughed harder. And I could not, I, I resisted so hard to comment on that tweet. Lance had 5-3-2 and two in 17 minutes. He might get a 17-minute night roll tomorrow. The infatuation people have with a bloke who's not a good basketball player and is an equally worse bloke, maybe worse, is astonishing to me. The lionization of Lance Stevenson is so baffling to me. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. What's so good about him? Oh, he blew in LeBron's ear, Josh. Cool. I was going to say something horribly rude then, but I will not. Let's talk about the New York Knicks. Um, Julius Randle was back. So that means, obviously, we are dropping uh, Obi-Wan. I don't want to hear any more about Obi-Wan. 30 and 16 for Randall with four assists. Good from the field, bad from the line. While well, Rowan Barrett got really hot early on, ended with 32 and 8. It took 60% shooting to get there. It's still, everything else still worries me with him, but he played 42 minutes. I, I don't think he's must roster in category leagues. In points leagues, sure. Don't think he is in, in um, category leagues. Well, Alec Burks, do we do it again? Alec Berg. He started, he played 36 minutes, he went 14, 6, and 4 with three steals. Bad, bad shooting, but still good volume. With Kemba uncertain, with Juice McBride moved to the bench and playing three minutes. Uh, do you grab him and stream him? Like, maybe. I just don't know what to make of it. Quickly played just 22 minutes, and Tibbs is allergic to starting this bloke. Um, you can just leave him as a, a, a streamer, not a 12-team not guy. They also started Taj over Mitch Robinson. Robinson had 8-8, eight and eight and Taj had 4-6. and six. I think Rich... Rich, Rich Mobinson. He'll go back and start next game, um, and he is fine if he you need the particular things that he does. And in a points league, I wouldn't say that Mitch Robinson is must roster. While uh, Toppin started and played 45 minutes last game, played nine here, and McBride, as I said, played three after starting last game. And the diseased scrotum of Arn Fournier had zero points in 22 minutes with two assists and a steal. Why is he rostered in so many leagues? 
surely you figured this out six weeks ago. Like he can go and he can go with the absolute swiftness. The next game, the Phoenix Suns and the New Orleans Pelicans. The Suns had this under control. Then Devontae Graham went bananas, brought him back, and the Suns pull away 123-110. Booker continues to play really well. 48 fantasy points, 33-9-4 with three threes. But the big surprise, almost of the day, is the big fella. Bismack Biombo. 29 minutes, 16-6, and six, two steals, three blocks, 100% from the field. That is an excellent line. It's excellent. But it meant it required Jalen Smith getting into foul trouble getting a knock in the head and going to the locker room, and DeAndre Ayton and JaVale McGee being out. Those two things, those three things, are not regular occurrences. Biombo, I think, has played, not I think, I know, has played really, really well, and he probably does deserve a roster spot somewhere. But the reality of the situation is, is he's going to move into a, uh, he's going to have his 10-day expire. Maybe they find a spot for him. They just did cut Chandler Hutchison, who is on a two-way, though. Um, maybe, do they, I don't know who they signed for that other spot. Um, can they find a regular road roster spot for him? But again, he'll be the fourth center. So this is great, but you may literally get zero usable games out of Biombo moving forward. As for Smith, 12 and 5, foul trouble, injury, as I said. I think you can drop him pretty clearly because Aiton should be back next game. Well, Bridges had 23 points with five threes and Chris Paul, 11, 5, and 15. But the Suns should get Aiton and Crowder back and then McGee back one game after that. Onto the Pelicans, Devontae Graham. The inconsistency is annoying, but 28.6 triples and six assists is great. While the big fella, Jonas Valanciunas. Jonas Valanciunas. 25 and 16, big game from him. And again, this is it happens all the time. Yeah, Jackson Hayes comes in, he starts. Oh, maybe, maybe we hold on to him and he can maintain value. Look, this shit just doesn't happen. It's just so hard to see how that works. And I think we've had yeah, so many illustrations of that this season of trying to like shoehorn multiple centers together to get big. It's like, this is currently what's happening with the Omer Yurt 7 thing in Miami, where he's filling in and putting up good numbers. I just honestly just don't see how he's playing 30 minutes a night as a starter next to Bam. Hayes played 13 minutes. He had five points. Drop him. Ingram, um, by low, really in play here. 16 points on 28%, while Herbalife Jones had nine points. He did still have uh, five assists of steal and two blocks, which is good. And he is fine as a 12-team league player, but... With Ingram back, that high usage, high efficiency, high minutes role has dropped off. And that's what pushes him back to being that fringe sort of player. And I, I get a lot of hate for that. Oh, man, I believe he's just going to roll long term. They're going to shut Ingram down. Zion's not going to play. They'll trade Valanciunas and they'll turn the keys over to Jones. He's not that player. Like he, he just isn't this high usage sort of guy. He's a nice streams guy for steals and for blocks. He'll have the occasional offensive game. He's like Royce O'Neal, but probably a better, higher level prospect, obviously. Have him, fine. But try not to overvalue too much. Just the Hitman Hart, 15, 11, and 5. Good game from him in 37 minutes. And Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Why the hell is he still being held on to? Get that garbage out of here! Now, I looked at Alexander-Walker and thought, all right, 30 minutes, starting shooting guard. They've cleared the roster spot for him. Let's take a flyer. Pick 90, pick 100. Um, if he plays the minutes and takes the shots that I think he's going to take, he will be valuable at that spot. Well, he's been so, so bad on the court. Like, actually horrible that I'm not even sure he's an NBA rotation player moving forward at this point. He, he is, but if he is, your team's probably really bad. He doesn't know how to take the right shots. He takes the right... He's like Russell Westbrook, but if he had 10% of the talent. That's how bad he's playing at the moment. Drop him. Like, absolutely, just get, get him all the way out of there. There is no reason to have him on a 12-team uh, roster, on a 14-team roster. Shit. On a 16-team roster, it's getting pretty dicey as to whether you should hold Nikhil out. 
Let's go to the last game of the day, the Sacramento Kings and the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers win at 122-114. I don't even know what to say about the end of this game. Um, the game was over. That's not why the Kings lost, but just some very, very weird stuff going on at the end of the game with that uh, that jump ball call. You can, uh, you can interpret that one for yourselves if you want. It seemed very wrong, but just weird stuff. Always weird stuff when the Kings play. Always. Without fail. That's why they're the Kings or the Kangs, some may say. Um, Budrick Heald. Another big game. 26, 7 triples, 5 rebounds, steal and a block. That's two big ones in a row for Bud. And by two, I hold up three fingers. Two. Two big ones in a row. You know it's probably not going to stick, but his minutes are wildly fluctuating. Gone from like 24 up to 33. He was in the closing lineup here again, while Fox, outside of whatever happened at the end, um, was pretty good. 30 points, 33 minutes, 6 assists, hit all of his free throws. A guy that's been so wildly inconsistent this season that it's good to get some big games out of him. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, some rough offense, seven points on 10 shots, but he did give us the nine assists. Yeah, he was always going to fall back when Fox returned, and we're seeing that play out now. While Bagley had 12 boards, he played 24 minutes, and he remains a horrible, horrible fantasy contributor for Category Leagues. Under no circumstances, he must roster. Damo Jones is worth holding 11-4 and four until Holmes comes back, while the pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy! 14-6-5 with 3-3. Three, three. It's a pretty good game there. For the Lakers, they started again with LeBron at center. 31-5-5, five five, he continues to roll. While Malik Monk, also unbelievable. 24 points, 6 triples, 4 assists, a steal and a block. Great shooting. Big numbers. Top 30 over the last two weeks. Absolute must-roster player. I know pre-game Frank Vogel said something like, oh, Kendrick Nunn's going to come back. We're going to play him a lot of minutes. Kendrick Nunn's not a very good player. Um, he might be a worse defender than Malik Monk. He's a worse passer than Malik Monk. He's a worse shooter than Malik Monk. I think Monk is worth grabbing. Some weird stuff can happen, for sure. But Monk's a guy to grab, and then we see where we go from there. With the Stanley Johnson contract still unresolved, Lakers, just sign him. You've got a roster spot. They had to start Trevor Ariza. He played 18 minutes and scored zero points. But it enabled Taylor Horton Tucker to have a good game. 33 minutes for Taylor. 19-4-6 with two steals on 69% shooting. Giggity! That's great. I don't trust it for a single second, but it is at least good to be a streamer. While Mallow had eight points in 17 minutes, Mallow is not a 12-team league player. Repeat that. Avery Bradley had seven points in 21 minutes. While Russell Westbrook, I know all the stats being passed around. Oh, it's his first game in so long without a turnover. I don't actually care about the turnovers. He still was shithouse from the line and shithouse from the field. 19-7-2 with no threes is a pretty poor fantasy line. He is now outside the top 65 for the season. Um, but I guess, yeah, not turning over 10 times is good. But, you know, when you're only getting two assists, a 2-0 to zero turnover ratio is not that great, is it? They also dusted off Dwight Howard. 22 minutes, 14-14. and 14. After saying, now, our new identity is going small. We're always going to go small. We're going to go small. That's it. We're going to go small. Here's 22 minutes of Dwight Howard. So, you know, trying to peg what he's going to do is almost impossible. It's all over the shop. It's up and down. Do not add Dwight Howard based on this. He'll probably go back to a DMP or he'll play six minutes or he'll play 15 minutes. Or he'll play 44 minutes. I've got no idea. It's all over the shop with this team. But at least they got the win and they're back over, back over 500. Let's look at the lines of the night now, starting off with the Monstrous, and the Monstrous does go to Fred Van Vliet, who was fantastic. The waiver wire is Bismack Biombo, and honestly, he might not contribute again at all this season. Uh, don't need to stream him in, I don't think. Young Gun is Scotland Barnes, and your dud is the diseased scrotum, Ivan Fournier. Your top 10 players today, Fred Van Vliet at number one, followed by Jarrett Allen, then Julius Randle, Ja Morant, Devin Booker, Malik Monk, Budrick Heald, 
RJ Barrett and LeBron James. Your top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. We're looking at Biombo at number one. No, Dwight Howard. I, I, I honestly don't know, but I'm not adding him in 12 or 14. Taylor Horton Tucker, 14 team. Kiefer Sykes, short-term stream for Wednesday. That's it. Josh Primo, we're just watching him. Tory Craig, no thank you. Justin Champagny, no thank you. Ken Birch, also deeper leagues. Alex Len, pretty good Alex Len. Didn't mention about him, um, but again, just deeper leagues there as well. And Joe Wieskamp played the fourth quarter in that blowout for the Spurs, and we don't need to care too much about that. Then lastly, we go to points leagues. Randall, Van Vliet, Jared Allen, Jar Morant. Devin Booker, RJ Barrett, Darius Garland, LeBron James, Jonas Valanciunas, and Bismack Biombo. Guys, that will do it for us today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. Give us a thumbs up. Leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.